0: while we were marching through georgia everybody swing your honey swing your high and low the alaman left for the old left hand around the ring you go a grand or right to left walk on your heel and toe from an pretty gal to georgia it had been raining on tuesday and wednesday takoa had three and a half to four and a half inches of rain it began raining again the next wednesday And it went on for three days. There were storm systems throughout the southeast, and rain was being funneled to northeast Georgia from as far away as Louisiana. It was described as a long, heavy rain event. By midnight, though, the rain had let up. The water level in Kelly Barnes Lake was about two feet below the top of the dam. Under any other conditions, the lake would have receded below the higher spillway in about six hours. At about 10 o'clock Wednesday night, two local men actually walked up and checked the dam and said the water level was even lower than that and that the water wasn't up to both spillways. The dam failed a few hours later at 1.30 a.m. November 6, 1977. This is Moving Through Georgia and this week it's two disasters, the Toccoa Flood and the Gainesville Tornadoes. At 186 feet, Toccoa Falls is one of the highest waterfalls in the United States. It's taller even than Niagara Falls. Kelly Barnes Dam stood about a half mile back from the falls. It was originally built in 1899 to provide power for a small electrical plant, and you can even go see that electrical plant today. In the 30s, the surrounding land was acquired for the Tocoa Falls Institute, and this included some other dams, some of which, well, almost all of which are no longer in existence. An article in the school newspaper from 1946 talks about a dam bursting about a half a mile away from the Kelly Barnes site, but there was no threat to the school. Another article, this one from 1948, mentions some improvements to the Kelly Barnes Dam. There's a very extensive report from the U.S. Geological Survey that tries to cover the history of improvements made to the dam, but... There obviously weren't good records, and a lot of their information came from the recollections of locals. People kind of knew that the dam was originally made of rocks and timber, sort of cribbed together, and there were stories of a company that made power equipment, donating that equipment so students could build up the dam higher. There had been a flood previously in 1976, but it didn't involve the Barnes Dam. At the time that it failed the dam held back 180 million gallons of water water which had created kelly barnes lake nobody really knows what caused the dam to fail there was actually practically nothing left of it so it was hard to point to any one particular cause with apparently a very loud noise the water flooded over the dam and over to falls into the school campus below When the water finally receded, 39 people had died. The college repaired its damage and continued. The dam was never rebuilt and the lake no longer exists. There's a lot written about the dam break if you have an interest in how pretty much every individual lost their lives, something I really don't want to go into here, or some stories of heroics from the flood, Find a book called Dam Break in Georgia by K. Neal Foster. It's available online. On April 6th of 1936, Gainesville was struck by what may have been upwards of three tornadoes. They weren't the only ones. Over the 5th and the 6th, 14 different tornadoes hit the southeast. One in Tupelo, Mississippi was a little stronger than the Gainesville tornado, and it destroyed over 200 homes and killed over 200 people. Tornadoes also touched down in Tennessee, Alabama, and South Carolina. An article from the Savannah Daily Times reports that the storm that hit Gainesville had initiated a tornado in Ackworth just half an hour previously, and it would continue through Toccoa and Anderson, South Carolina. The pictures are something else. There is devastation everywhere. The Daily Times paper in Gainesville passed along the recollections of Margaret Powell, who was in fourth grade at the time. She was preparing for school when her father called her to the porch to comment on the ominous-looking weather. She saw the funnel cloud descend and begin scattering the remnants of what had been buildings. There are always amazing stories that tell of the capriciousness of these storms. A newspaper article from the Savannah Daily Times tells about a family in Cordell who huddled together against a wall listening to the wind howl around them. When it passed, the entire house was gone, except that one wall. The family walked out through the wreckage of what had been their house without a scratch. Some, of course, were not that lucky. 125 people, including women and children, were at work that morning at the Cooper Pants factory, which was a two-story building at West Broad and Maple. That's just off where the square is today. There was a rush to the basement for shelter, but the building collapsed entirely and burst into flames. About half the people in the factory lost their lives that day. Of course, this tragedy pointed out some safety deficiencies, like not knowing how the dam that protects your city was constructed or, in this case, not having adequate space for the workers to escape the building. Just like in Tokoa, legislation was passed after the fact to hopefully ensure that it doesn't happen again. The devastation was immense. The roads were blocked, so fire crews couldn't really respond to the fires. It was mostly up to people and buckets to hold back more destruction for a little while. The death toll runs about 203. Some sources have different numbers, and newspaper accounts of the time even mention that it would be a challenge to count the deaths involved in the African-American part of town, which was entirely leveled. Just a reminder, this is Moving Through Georgia, a podcast that focuses on history of Northeast Georgia. If you like what you hear and want other people to hear think about a five-star review or maybe writing us something on whatever podcast platform you're listening to. And I can also be reached at movingthroughgeorgia at gmail.com, all one word. Rosalind Carter, of course a Georgia native, visited the site of the Toccoa Falls Flood, and Gainesville was visited by Franklin Delano Roosevelt, who had been in Warm Springs at the time. FDR was able to direct some New Deal programs toward rebuilding the city, and he would return in 1938 to see some pretty impressive progress in rebuilding. If you live anywhere near Gainesville and have an interest in local history, you really should visit the Northeast Georgia History Center at Brunel College. They have some very interesting exhibits and a really good exhibit on the 1936 Tornado. Right up and swing boy, swing high. That's the way we do it down in Georgia. Everybody swing your honey, swing your high and low. The alaman left for the old left hand around the ring you go. A grand old right left walk on your heel and toe. From an adept pretty gal to Georgia, that's all.